Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, grant that we may experience Christ in ways that are meaningful to us. Allow us to welcome Jesus in unexpected ways, in ways that go against societal norms, and in ways that may surprise us. Amen. Please be Amen. seated. Happy New Year to everyone. It is good uh, for us to be here. It is so good to see a lot of new faces, whether you've been joining us virtually or you are just coming by. Uh, it is good to see you and have you here at Trinity and to everyone who is still connecting virtually. We are just grateful for um, the privilege to be able to do that still, to continue that ministry. So today we celebrate the feast of the baptism of our Lord. We have now gone from Christmas to Epiphany in the liturgical calendar, which is kind of like the, the, what the church follows. Um, and so what does this mean? We celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany, which opened up or gave start to this Epiphany Tide or this, this new season in the calendar year. Um, you might have picked up the house blessing kits that we had around for the past few weeks around the church, kind of like a self-serve. There was little bags with a little... A, a short liturgy and a chalk for you to take home uh, which by the way they're no longer out there but if you still want them just let us know and, and we'll make sure that you get them and so um, and so it's been COVID and so we've been away and I just and I'm not sure if you've been able to check online and if you saw Reverend Hannah's explanation of, of these uh, house blessing kits and what we do and what they mean so I wanted to take just some time right now to kind of piece together what was happening in, uh, in this story here. So um, during Epiphany, we chalk our homes. It's a tradition that many churches practice today. And it's a, it's a, a ritual to welcome God into our own sacred spaces. In your kit, there was a short liturgy and the, a chalk for you to do this yourself. And the talking is a combination of numbers and letters, so you may see it. I saw some Facebook posts from other clergy folks who were like, oh, I, I officially became the weird person in my neighborhood because, you know, they were talking and, and people were like, what is this? And so, and so I just want to make sure you all, we all are on the same page on what it means so that, you know, if we're going to be weird, we're going we're gonna to be weird together, you know? So, so it starts with, it's 20, representing 2023, so 20 plus um, the, we, we, have, um, we have the three wise men who we have named and we, uh, we assume their names, and so we have 20 plus C plus M plus B plus 23 to represent 2023 and so this is a way of sealing our homes and welcoming Christ into into our lives into this new year as we um, gather and as we've witnessed the birth of Jesus so you see it at someone's house or if you were like you took a kit and you were like mm, I'm not sure if I want to actually do this it's a little weird um, now you know what it, what it stands for and if you're interested just let us know we have plenty to go around so um, just reach out so enough about that ritual aspect of it right now we kind of want to talk a little bit about what it what this feast actually um, means to us this is the day that we believe that the magi came to meet Jesus as told only in this gospel that we are reading currently the gospel of Matthew these wise men or magi were believed to be astrologers, which by just conversations with others, it seemed that it was a very popular uh, career choice at that time. And so they were all, they were led by a star 
to Bethlehem to be with Jesus, but we don't know much more about them other than what we hear about them in chapter 2 of Matthew's Gospel. So today we're reading chapter 3, but I want us to have like a little timeline in case, you know, this is your first time here, you just want to kind of know what's going on because I know I need to hear it more than once. So um, in chapter 2, the Magi go, and, and Herod, we all know what Herod is trying to do. He's like, oh, I want to pay homage too, so, you know, tell me where it's at. And we know that Herod doesn't really mean that, and yeah, we know what, what Herod is really trying to do, right? But uh, so here we are in, in chapter 3. Uh, we assume that it was three Magi because they were known to have money based on the costly gifts that they brought. Uh, and today, we follow along in this part of Jesus' life, where Jesus baptized. So we're, we're, today's gospel is chapter 3, verses 11 through, uh, 13 through 17, but in, in the beginning, in verses 1 through 12 or so, but still chapter 3, uh, John was telling the people in Jerusalem, um, and, and warning them and letting them know that they needed to be baptized, that they needed to repent because the king... God himself was coming back. And here in this scene, we, we see Jesus, we see John the Baptist, and for the first time in this gospel, we hear and witness the Spirit of God descending like a dove. John at the Jordan welcomed the people who were confessing their sins, and then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan also to be baptized. But so there's quite a few things that we could kind of look into as we hear the gospel that just in these few verses today. But I want to start with um, John saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? So John had just finished preaching and saying and telling to the people, you, there is one that is greater than I am. And I can't even reach his, the feet, his feet because he is that great. And so... Here, John is kind of probably confused and wondering, a little baffled about what, what, what is Jesus asking of me, um, and why is he doing this? Uh, or we could also think like John maybe might have been confused through this uh, idea of he, you know, he's trying to say there's a process when we're getting baptized, and um, there, there's a there's a certain way that we need to do things. But here's Jesus showing up and he's like no dude you're going to baptize me too and it's just a part of, of how things need to be and how things need to happen but i also think that jesus shows up and becomes a living example for all of us to know what our baptisms represent what baptism does to welcome us welcome us into this new community and this new way of doing life and this new huge responsibility that's been given to us through our baptisms so after this baptism you'll see after today you'll notice that our gospel stories will describe the divinity of jesus and how they manifest in the communities that jesus is a part of it's the beginning of jesus's public ministry um, and i think that jesus comes and, and stirs things up all the time surprising us just like he did with John the Baptist. And so how does this align with the season of Epiphany? Christmas is a time of waiting for the birth of our Savior. Epiphany is a season of awakenings and of sharing those good news with others. We are wondering about Jesus and Jesus' teachings. And similarly, in our lives there are seasons. Seasons of hope, 
of joy, of laughter, but also seasons of pain and perhaps even despair. This is why these liturgical seasons matter, because they give us more information about this Jesus that is accessible to all of us, that is available to all of us, that is, has had a human experience like ours. We hear a different message, or at least that is our hope in the three years cycle that we do in reading the whole Bible, that you, every time we hear the gospel and the lessons, that the good news may become relevant and important and, and, and just real to what we are living today. And I think that all of us hear this message differently. Um, we all have, we're all in different seasons. And, and whatever your season may be, we are called today to know not to get comfortable in that, in that despair or get comfortable in that uh, always the, the good things because Jesus comes to, to make sure that we are being the church and that we are being the responsible humans that we are called to be, to love and serve others. There can't be a resurrection without the story of betrayal. And I'll say that again because I think that it's important for us. I think sometimes we don't want to think of, of the sad and the hard and the difficult things because we want to remain hopeful in, in the joy that comes with, with the resurrection of Christ. But there couldn't have been that resurrection if there wasn't a betrayal and if there wasn't death and if there wasn't pain. Jesus comes to remind us that we are God's beloved children. As I settled into my car this week to be with family, I saw a post from Reverend Hannah while she was away spending time in New Mexico and just an experience of pain and an experience of, of injustice. And, uh, and if you maybe don't follow her or know or saw the status, it was about um, humans just being taken out of a bus because they were considered to be undocumented in this country uh, and the pain of, of children witnessing all of that and, and other humans witnessing that pain as well. Um, and I was reminded that we still have a lot of work to do and that we cannot get comfortable um, in just sharing the good news but also being the good news for all. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus this season, we focus on the call made to all of us to serve and to reach all people, all peoples of this earth. And we see it repeated in our lessons today, making sure that, we, that God is a God of all nations. We are called to seek the dignity of all. So I want to end this, uh, this sermon with a poem by scholar and theologian Walter Brueggemann. Uh, called Epiphany. On Epiphany Day, we are still the people walking. We are still people in the dark. And the darkness looms large around us, beset as we are by fear, anxiety, brutality, violence, loss, a dozen alineations that we cannot manage. We are, we could be, people of your light. So we pray for the light of your glorious presence as we wait for your appearing. We pray for the light of your wondrous grace as we exhaust our coping capacity. We pray for your gift of newness that will override our weariness. We pray that we may see and know and hear 
and trust in your good rule. That we may have energy, courage, and freedom to enact your rule through the demands of this day. We submit our day to you and to your rule with deep joy and high hope. Amen.